Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives we're consumed by all the what if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun if you're like us then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass or play call each week on alternate routes we'll take a flashpoint in sports break down what actually happened then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused follow alternate routes on the wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts you can listen early and ad free right now by joining wondery plus And we're back. This is Inside Black and Gold. And for now, it's going to be inside the Silver and Black, or at least their former quarterback. And we did talk to Silver and Black Today host Scott Gilbranson in the last week's episode. It was very popular. So uh, it seems like y'all enjoyed that. So we'll try to do more interviews as we go forward, especially in free agency. If there's any more big signings, we'll try to bring in some, some folks who know those players more intimately than us just kind of bandying about as we do but one of the things that scott made pretty clear was you know if you go after Derek carr on the internet his, <laughs> his he's he's got a he's got a, he's got a hive they're gonna come out they're gonna sting you they're gonna sting you and and he actually he actually did mention that in his uh his press conference i, I uh, thought it was his, great he's like apologizing right away he's like sorry for my brother yeah. Yeah, it's just funny because it's true, and and here it is. Oh, my brothers, yeah, yeah. So I feel bad for some of y'all if y'all tweet something bad. They, <laughs> that's not, it's not, it's not coming from me. All right, uh, yeah, but uh, but they're but they're brothers, and they're going to protect their own. So you guys got to get used to that. <laughs> you have been warned. <laughs> the car hive is uh, is not messing around. No, that's pretty funny. Uh, definitely right off the bat, uh, you know, you get a little bit of his sense of humor too, that he wasn't all uptight about it either. He's like, yep, my brother's my biggest fan and he's going to defend me. No. And, and, you know, I, I obviously did not spend a lot of time listening to Derek Carr. Gosh. So here's one thing. Here's a quick aside. Bobby does not mean any offense by calling Derek Carr, David repeatedly, <laughs> but I got, him he on did about that do it sure. a lot. Yeah. And I, we had some comments on YouTube saying how disrespectful. And it's like, yeah, a little bit, but at the same time, 
if you are surprised that Bobby is having a hard time keeping these names straight, you do not know Bobby at all. <laughs> well, well, <laughs> like, even even Derek those Derek Carr said his mom. It's Derek David and what's the other brother? I don't know. It's another D. So it's is like, it? yeah. So I just think it's amusing. You know, you, you know when mom gets mad at the kids and she's like, Derek, no, 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 David, you come. No, wait a minute. Whatever, you come over here, kind of thing. So. And Bobby's had 11 concussions, folks. So he's give him a little leeway. Yeah, like if you think he's he's being disrespectful, it's like you should have seen this coming. He's in his glory talking to him, so it's it's kind of funny that people think it was disrespectful. Yeah, if he starts calling him Drew, then we'll have to start asking questions. But like even my like my brother's name is Kevin, and the number of times that my mother has referred to me as Kevin is just yeah. like it's not even close to my name. But the best part is he just answered the questions. He didn't like correct him at all. He was just like going with it uh yeah, exactly and i think that is kind of telling of his personality and the thing throughout that press conference that really struck me is like i didn't realize that Derek carr had this much personality like the answers he was giving really you know really thinking about the questions and answers and being very open you know i think there is an element of telling people what they want to hear at these things and i that's what he's doing to some extent like yeah. sure he's going to say the right things but you know it's you hear a lot of press conferences you hear a lot of cookie cutter answers and it's like this could have been one of 50 people who said this and you would never be able to pick them out of a lineup. The questions he was giving were original and were very personal. Uh, and I did appreciate that. That was definitely something I, we kind of mentioned during the season too. Like an Andy Dalton press conference was pretty boring to listen to because you yeah. knew you weren't getting, you weren't getting a single thing from him. Right. Um, right. And it, it's really, I'm not trying to be, a douche and be offenseful to, to Andy Dalton, but just it's sorry. His, his answers for whatever you asked, there was just no, there was no pizzazz or interest in it. It was very cookie. Cut, like you said before that cookie cutter bland answer, just to, to answer your question without really answering it. For perspective, I asked him, I can't remember which game it was after. It might've been after the Raiders game, actually. You know, what does Rashid do on those go routes that makes him so effective at them? Like, because it's like there's a lot of fast guys in the NFL. Not everyone's good at running go routes and kind of getting open and 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 tracking the ball like that. His answer, he runs really fast. Cool. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> Very helpful. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, but speaking of wide receivers, you know, if you had asked me a month ago whether Michael Thomas was going to be back on this this team, I would have said no freaking way just based on the restructure and how all of this is developing. But then, you know, Derek Carr got signed and he thanked Jesus um, on Twitter. It's like, can we cue like the, the best friends music going on suddenly too? It's like, what happened? And, you know, you would have thought they were best friends forever, but like they didn't know each other outside of a football sense. Like they had never right. really spoken. And then they, apparently they talked on the phone and they just hit it off immediately. And I thought that this answer from him, you know, if you didn't know any better, you would think that there's no question that Mike Thomas is back on the back on the Saints next year. Like it was never even in doubt based on this conversation. But here, here's how here's how uh, Derek Carr described it. Just feel the competitiveness. You know, I, I, I just fell in love with him when I was talking to him on the phone. I really did. I, was, I told my wife when I got phone, I was like, I could talk to him all night. You know, it makes you makes you just so believe what you're with your abilities and what you're capable of to do together. And, um, you know, he's very competitive he's ultra competitive and um he's very physical you know he's dominant you know at the point of attack um you know he's contested catch you know is unbelievable uh his routes 
always admired what him and you know what he's been able to do here in this system and so for me you know hopefully you know getting to throw him the passes and all that kind of stuff I mean it was a no-brainer for me you know when I when it came to decision times like man I got him to throw to I got all these guys to throw to he's just been I mean we text almost every day now so it's been cool wow so he's giving you every indication that he's gonna be here for the long run just like you I hope so that's the plan that's the plan right like I mean yeah (laughs) I don't know if Mike T's kind of decision in terms of wanting to be back was significantly impacted by Derek Carr signing, but it sure seems like it was. It sure seems like like he wants to come back to play with Derek Carr. And, you know, if if the Saints bring back Mike Thomas and you get any semblance of the, the Mike Thomas from 2019, which obviously we talked a lot about last year and didn't happen, that makes your offense a lot more, a lot more scary especially because this time last year, we weren't sure what to expect out of Chris Olave. We barely, we didn't expect anything out of Rashid Shahid beyond being a return ace if he ever got the chance to do it. And now both of those guys you're really intrigued by. And if you can add Mike Thomas to that group as the contested catch guy, which Derek Carr specifically mentioned and Dennis Allen mentioned last season, that was something that was really missing from this offense. You know, I I think, you know, you you can't want to temper your expectations. You don't know exactly what the ceiling of this team is going to be. But I, I mean, I can't remember the last time you felt like the offense was really going to hum the way that you can imagine it might. And, uh, you know, maybe there's there's some question marks there. But, you know, it's a really encouraging to hear Derek describe that communication the way he did. No, and you mentioning Olave, too, makes me smile just because you know, too, the, what we saw in the development of him last season without a, a can't guard Mike around was truly amazing. And if you can get now an upgrade at quarterback, a Michael Thomas back in the mix as well, what we saw weeks one and a little bit there week two, we could see more of that, obviously, and hopefully on a consistent basis if he could stay healthy. That's one thing in all this, the the wooing and everybody – in this whole love fest, I really haven't heard any medical updates from Mike T. No, but but the injury. So I do feel like this offseason in terms of the medicals is going to be a lot less mysterious because the injury he's coming back from, first of all, he got the surgery midseason. So like there's going to be no timeline issue. And it was a much less significant injury. It wasn't an ankle injury, thankfully. So like I think you're going to look at it and you're going to be like, okay, he shouldn't miss a second of training camp. He Really, he should be there for the entire mandatory minicamp. You know, maybe he's even out there for OTAs getting working with Derek Carr and there should be nothing medically stopping him from doing that. So so that's a positive thing. But the, the he also, Derek Carr also talked about kind of the offense itself and specifically, you know, the explosive nature of it and how it can be explosive. And I thought what he said regarding Alvin Kamara here was was nice to hear explosive you know they're very explosive um com- very, very competitive um you know i'm really excited to you know have all those guys run down the field and just check one down to alvin just to see what he can do you know um, that'll be fun you know i'm excited to watch you know Taysom run the football you know and have the ball in his hands i'm excited to watch those guys run down the field you know with their speed and athleticism and you know the, you know and Jawan, you know the athleticism that he has as, as a tight end and the way he can move and you know, there's just so much potential, but that doesn't mean anything, you know. Um, so you make a decision based on what you think it can be, but then you got to go make it that. And so, um, you know, when you watch them on film, though, you just it's, – it's hard not to get excited. You know, it's hard not to be – you know, for Saints fans, it's hard not to be excited about, you know, the roster and, you know, what Mickey and DA have put together here. It's, uh, it's exciting. 
what stood out to me in that answer was was distinctly about Alvin. And so if you look back and, you know, I'm, I'm critical of Andy Dalton in terms of what he was able to do, but he did perform better than I anticipated. I thought he he played well enough for the Saints to win in games. One, if I had to pick one thing that drove me nuts, it was that for some reason, never threw to Alvin, like never just checked it down to Alvin. Occasionally he would, but like that's got to be a big part of the offense, not an afterthought in the offense. And that's how it was with Drew. And like so much of it, like if you go back, well, Alvin's maybe Alvin's best career highlight came against the Packers in the 2020 season when it was exactly what Derek Carr was describing there. Everyone ran down the field and he just turns and just lobs it to Alvin on the side of the field and, you know, never got over like out of like third gear. And he just casually works his way 50 yards down the field for a touchdown. You never saw stuff like that. You never saw screens. It's It was so frustrating to watch the offense operate in that way. And I don't know if it's a Pete Carmichael thing. I don't know if it was a Jameis and a Andy thing, but that's got to be more of a more of a factor. And to hear the quarterback just be like, yeah, I mean, like, I don't need to throw it deep. I can just give it to that guy. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> One of the things about the offense last season, you know, you look at the numbers and they were productive at times, but a lot of a lot of th- times, you know, you look at it and it just felt like they were stuck in the mud and things weren't going the way they should have been execution-wise, running so smoothly. There's too many guys on this team that have the speed and space to to be more of a wrecking havoc and causing damage, and that just that wasn't the case. And I don't know, too, if it was a big issue with the offensive line last year where things weren't allowed to develop as much. It's possible. Yeah, I mean, Andy's not going to extend a play that long and have a chance to check it down. Maybe that's part of it. But I think it was more just a just a concept thing. It's like you got to always be aware that like even even if that might be open, like, but is Alvin the better option here? Like you got to be able to see that before the play and get to it. And they just didn't do it. It didn't happen enough. And so hopefully, you know, I don't know. We none of us know what Alvin might be facing in terms of discipline. You have to imagine there will be something coming his way next season. And so who knows how you'll fill that role when he is out, if he is out. But, you know, they'll be working together eventually, you know, assuming Alvin's not like, I don't know, in prison. Hopefully that's not the case. And so it's good to hear that when uh, when you get to it. But there's one other thing that you mentioned this uh, in the opening segment. And we, we've talked about this extensively. Derek Carr has a lot of comeback wins. He's got 28 fourth quarter comebacks in his career. That's 13th all time in NFL history. He's only been in the NFL for nine seasons and he's only won something like what, 62 games? Like he's like almost a third of his wins, maybe more than a third, if I can just do math in my head a little better, have been of the comeback variety. And so he was kind of asked about that. And I thought his answer here was perfect. Yeah, we have like records and stuff that we did in the past, like I said, but it's not because I was just, you know, some Superman or something like that. It's because we all were on the same page and we all put a lot of work in to make sure everyone did their job at the right time. And we were in those situations so often um, you know, you know, coming back to try and win games or things like that, that we got, we got comfortable in those positions. And so I just, when you practice something a lot, you, you get better at them. And so I haven't, I haven't won every two minute drive I've been on, but we've won a lot of them, you know, and so have they here, they haven't won them all. And in fact, I remember one where we gave Drew a little too much time and you guys almost beat us here in the Superdome back in 2016. <laughs> um, but thankfully, it was a it was long. Still a bad pi. Call. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, thankfully, it was a long field goal. <laughs> um, but you know, it's like it, it's 
it, it starts in April and it starts in training camp. You know, us putting the work in, being put in uncomfortable situations by the coaches, like, you know, practice is going to be hard, you know, especially against these guys on defense. Like, it should be so hard so that when the game happens, you're used to going against that hard of a look, that tough of a situation, and everyone's, you know, heart rates are a little bit lower, you know, while, while the Superdome may be loud and hopefully on, on offense are a little quieter than, you know, some of the Raider games were on offense. But, uh, you, know, uh, you know, for us, it's just going to come down to execution and playing good football, you know, um, nothing, nothing special. You know, just everyone, everyone literally just do your job and, let's, and then we'll go see what happens at the end of it. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Yeah, it's almost like when you're behind constantly, you get you get better at coming back. <laughs> I thought that was a funny answer because this is like, yeah, they put me in that position a lot. Well, you know, we, we've seen this Saints defense, you know, obviously, oh man, I mean, it, you think about what, what could have Carr done on this offense a year ago with, with what this defense was putting, you know, limiting offenses to was truly amazing. Hopefully that can carry over into next year. Obviously, uh, that the scoring defense is so vital, but we didn't we weren't able to reciprocate that on offense. With Carr coming in now, you know, it'd be nice. I'm sure he's gonna be loving the fact that, oh, we we only given up field goals and all of a sudden, you know, you're he can drive the that down the field and uh establish leads and put the pedal to the metal with this team. I love the fact too that he mentioned loving to chuck the ball down the field. He, obviously accuracy needs to be a key part of it, but that was something that was so missing. I felt like last year but I know you, you you said that Dalton Dalton did stretch the field a lot it just didn't feel like it to me though they stretched the field for, for big plays but they didn't stretch the field in the intermediate plays like they had a bunch of 40 plus yard plays but they didn't have a ton of 20 to 40 yard plays right and those are the those are the oh, plays right. that I think you, you need to have more of you know the the drive starters and the drive finishers and uh, I think that is going to be something there's one more clip here and then we'll take a break and it's and it's, I thought it was telling. It's something that he said to Bobby and Mike on WWL. And I think it's very telling of this is the Saints and the quarterback on the same page because they both feel the same way about why he is here. My mindset is not 10 years from now. My mindset is this season. You know, like I'm trying to win now. And so I wouldn't have, I promise you, I would have not come here if my mindset or the organization's mindset was any other other place. You know, we are trying to win now. And make it happen now you know how many years i'm going to play i'll let you know my body and let right. the lord determine that you know but i'm going to give you everything i have right now and my focus is this season and when we get to next season we'll focus on next season but right now i want to make sure that we have the best season the saints can possibly have this year yeah and i think that is something that people need to understand and nick wright needs to understand and like this team is built to have a window here i don't know how high that window goes yeah but 
they are not a team that is that is destined to struggle in a bad NFC South as long as you have all the pieces in place that you need. And I don't have any issue with this team trying to win the division this year, right? I have watched the Giants go into the playoffs as a wild card and get hot at the right time. Like I've seen so many people saying, this isn't how you win a Super Bowl. Well, the only effective ways to win a Super Bowl in the last decade seem to be have Pat Mahomes and or Tom Brady and get lucky and get hot at the right time, right? Like the Saints haven't won a Super Bowl and it wasn't because they didn't manage the roster the right way. It was because things didn't break their way. It's, the Bills are in the same boat, right? The Bills have Josh Allen and they should be more competitive than they are and they just haven't been able to get it done. Joe Burrow is in the same boat right now where okay, they have the quarterback, they have the talent, can they get it done? And it's a lot harder than it sounds, and it's never as simple as it sounds. You know, you can't plan for the referees having a moment of insanity and not making the most obvious call on the face of the earth. You can't plan for Marcus Williams missing the a tackle in a way that I can't even fathom him ever doing again, right? You can't plan for that. You can't plan for Jared Cook fumbling. Like, this is not a talent issue. It is a winning issue. And I don't have any issue, not one iota, with this team trying to win games. I have an issue with if a team is not trying to win games and is not putting everything on the table when you feel like you can get it done. And so in that sense, I think this is the exact right move to make right now. Yeah, to me, it'd be more aggravating as a fan, especially too, if you're taking like a Tampa Bay Buccaneers kind of approach to things. Obviously, they, they got a Super Bowl recently out of, you know, what they were, were doing, but now it just seems like you're in that, you know, fire sale mode or, you know, not getting, you know, really trying to win the division right now. And when it's so wide open, they, they're they dealing with just, you know, Kyle Trask currently as their quarterback. Who knows if that'll change. You hear rumors about Baker Mayfield. I don't think that's going to be anything that puts them over the top as well. But, you know, r- right now, yeah, this that window is still – there's that crack open for this team. I agree with you. I don't know know how high it goes, but it was pretty clear, I think, to me last year that they did have a championship or a playoff caliber, I'll say, at least defense. And now they're trying to get the offense at least up to that on-par level. We're bringing in the signal caller because that was the biggest key ingredient missing. And it's it's been that case, obviously, since Drew's been gone. And it's it's a lot easier to talk about getting that guy, obviously. And I know people want to address it through the draft and get younger. But even if the Saints do still draft a quarterback or didn't, you know, they they hadn't signed Derek Carr and were drafting a quarterback, that, that guy wasn't going to start week one for you. And, uh, you know, it's highly doubtful was going to be the person to lead you to a Super Bowl right now, which this team is clearly – uh, in the mindset, they are in win-now mode. They are competing for the Lombardi still, no matter what you might think. Yeah, they're still a top top consideration team in the NFC, especially now with the move at quarterback. Yeah, I think you're either trying to win a title or you're not. And it's like, yes, they could have done things to maybe win three years from now, maybe win four years from now. And maybe that's the smarter move. But to me, I'm not a fan of a team just because I hope that in five years they can go win when you look at the players in there now and you feel like they have, they have a title window, even if it's unlikely, right? Like there's no such thing as the right way to do it. Like there's no, like you can go draft at the top and it's not going to always work out for you. Right. 
Like, there's no guarantee other than what you see in front of you right now. And yeah, so, look, the Jets, the Jets are atop the draft every year. Exactly. Exactly. And look how bad the say, Bengals were for so long. I was going to say, they finally say that lucked the, into Burrow, right? I was going to say that about the Lions, and they finally caught up to a little. Right. Look at the Cardinals. Like, everyone was like, man, the Cardinals are doing this right. They got Kyler. Well, what does it look like now? It's never as simple as it seems. And it's really easy for people to sit there and say, well, they don't have what it takes. You don't know that, right? The Bucks didn't look like they had what it takes until week 16 of the 2020 season. And then all of a sudden they got hot. I don't know. I appreciate a team that wants to win and is going to do what it takes to do that. Uh, but that's it. That's I, I enjoyed that quote from him because it's true. It's like this is not a team that's sitting there thinking maybe in five years we can compete. It's a team that's going to go out there and try to win this year. And if you're not trying to do that, then you don't bring in Derek Carr. Exactly. And that's I know that's a problem that some people had. They felt like, are the Saints really a Derek Carr? Are they really that quarterback away from being a contender? And to me, I'm sorry, but yes, winning winning the NFC South and qualifying for the playoffs means, yes, you are a contender. Yeah, and it's like, if you can get to the playoffs, then you have a chance, <laughs> right? That's what's driving me nuts. It's like, well, only, what if their goal is to win the NFC South? Well, yeah. sure, that's always your first goal. You have to do that. You have to get into the playoffs before you can worry about winning in the playoffs. Like, if you're thinking about winning the Super Bowl and you, you're not even thinking, okay, how are we going to win our division, then what are you doing? But all right, this is my principal stand part of the program. Let's, let's wrap this up. We're going to come back. We're going to have... I thought there were some interesting things that Derek had to say about the city and the ownership and, and things of that nature that I, I think are telling of, of how players view this team. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break here. This is Inside Black and Gold. I'm Jeff Nowacki, Steve Gell. I'm going to come back with some more Derek Carr talk because that's what you want to hear. 